Welcome to the Form of Fitness Podcast, where you will learn the most that there is to learn about fitness. Through mechanism, about dieting, motion itself, and many more, you will follow me and my co-host Duncan as we talk about these things as they are related to our personal lives, as well as they are related to the health industry and how they affect us and people around us every day. We thank you for listening. What is going on, guys? And welcome back to the Form of Fitness Podcast. Um, joined by Duncan once more today. And today we're going to focus a little bit more on food, which I'm sure you know by the title of this episode. We're going to be talking calories in, calories out. Um, I think we both got a pretty decent uh, difference in view on this one, given what our both different dieting, you know. Uh, current our current circumstances and why our diets are different but uh i'm gonna let you start so um so the biggest inspiration for this is kind of twofold so i have a engineering professor that i will not name who is very staunchly against kind of the calories in calories out he says it doesn't work he says um that it's a fad diet and that mm, it's not even like scientifically based i think is is probably a good way to summarize his statement um he's also like very much against a lot of other things as well that i'm not really going to go into um and then also i've seen a lot of ads on instagram um from this group called cbg nutrition um they're a group of nutritionists who are are subscribing more to like the intuitive eating stance and they are also anti-calories and calories out um and i think that it is in good idea to have a more fruitful and um much more nuanced discussion than just saying calories in calories out is bad because i i don't think that that's necessarily the case i think the issue is it's a equation that is incredibly hard to balance that has a lot of different variables and that the average person just can't yeah you don't have the time to so like uh I'll give an example right now. I'm, I'm shaking my leg right now, and I shake my leg pretty pretty considerably. Now, what we consider this in the calories out category is called NEAT. Um, what is it? Non-exercise activity. Um, I always blank on the T. I always blank on Me too. But what it, what it equates to is any calories that you expend while not, act, while not actively like exercising. So, you know, your Apple Watch doesn't actually get a good grasp on it because like the more i shake my leg the more calories i'm burning and anyone yeah. that sits down and has that thought can justify that immediately i'm moving therefore i'm burning calories well one thing that the science kind of gravitates towards is that as you exercise more frequently that need decreases just mm-hmm. because a lot of why that occurs is your body trying to maintain and sustain some sort of calorie out level just that's just kind of healthy for your body um and as you exercise more that tends to decrease yeah you tend to do a lot less extra movement in your free time um 
and when, you're, when you're tired. I mean, it yeah. makes sense. You like yeah. you're tired more, so you're gonna, you know, do less like ancillary movements and yeah. things and like that. Even like the amount you eat will affect that movement as well. Mm -hmm. Like the if you're in a caloric surplus, your your neat is going to be um, higher as opposed to if you're in a caloric deficit, right? And that's right. again along the same principles of your body's just kind of restless when it has a yeah. lot of extra energy and when you're you know low on energy it's time to conserve and so your body just kind of stops doing all the random crap yeah and the thing is is like how do you track that how do how do you add that into your calories in calories mm -hmm. out equation so i can understand um the perspective that calories in calories out is a bad way of thinking um and this is the one i've heard but as a bad model for general understanding, I think it's a great starting place. Mm -hmm. When you start thinking calories in, calories out, but then you force yourself to broaden your horizon to, well, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more nuanced than that, and it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked about thermic values of different, uh, you know, macros. That's that's an important key because you know the same amount of calories in protein is not worth the same amount of calories in fat mm -hmm. because the thermic value is so much higher in protein. Um, and even the the different types of proteins, like if we're talking like, you know, a, a ribeye steak and a whey protein shake, one of those has a way higher thermic value than the other, and that's the same macronutrient. Yeah. So that's another thing that's considered in there. That variable is so complex in and of itself, and when you have 10 of those across the board, I mean, it's just, it's a hard equation to get specifically right. Yeah. It's a good general guiding principle, I will say right now, just for people that are not sitting here going, I want to be a dietitian and a nutritionist about my health, you know? And on top of that, when you go and talk to your dietitian and nutritionist, they're still going to use general, like you're never going to get a yeah. fucking spot on example. And that's perfectly fine. And it shows you the complexity of the situation and makes you also understand how to take the science, which we've talked about plenty of times is do your research and the science can change. You're going to learn general guiding principles. And that's, that's the thing about it is it's not mathematical. Mm -hmm. It's, or it's an exceptionally complex mathematical equation that we cannot grasp in full. So you need to understand like the, we're right. We're in the general area. We're in the right area. We're focusing on this thoroughly, but I've also heard people take the, uh, the stance on the calories in calories out as bad for you psychologically. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the one I've heard most is because, because it demolishes your relationship with food for, for is from what I've heard. And mm -hmm. most times that occurs when you don't take that calories in calories out to the next level yeah. of it needs to also have macros in there. Mm. Um, I will say that right off the bat, you have to, if you're going to track calories in calories out, you got to track calories, in, uh, macros in, mm. I mean, that's just, that's just the numbers game right there. Cause otherwise you're going to demolish. I mean, absolutely destroy your relationship with yeah. food. You're going to be like, I cannot eat anymore, you know, but it's like, well, did you also factor in how much you exercise? Did you maybe exercise? Like literally if you exercise five minutes more today than yesterday, you've got like there's a more, a little bit, a more. Little bit more wiggle room yeah. if you're trying to squeeze in more food. And if you're bulking, you know, if you're trying to put on a lot of weight, a lot of people are like, I've just got to get more calories in. And I've seen this happen mm -hmm. tons of times. Dudes that are in a bulk trying to get big, they end up getting gargantuanly fat. I mean, horrifically fat, like putting on like 75 pounds of weight and only like five or six of which is muscle, actual yeah. muscle, because they just eat five and six and 7,000 calories a day, putting on weight. 
and don't realize, oh my God, I'm only at 10% protein right now. Yeah. Now, and, and then 85% carbs. So like, or, you know, just some, like that's an example. It's just like, just thinking about it too generally and too broad. And that's why we want to cover the topic. So, yeah. And there's a, there's definitely a pragmatism that is involved with eating for goals, right? Like if you want to be, I don't know, stronger, leaner, um, if you want to do better in X, Y, or Z situation, mm-hmm. then the fact of the matter is you're going to have to turn your food from a commodity into a resource, yeah. right? It, you have to stop looking at it as something you get to do and as fuel for your car or for, yeah. you know, for your body um, in the same way that you would fuel for your car. And mm-hmm. so I think that from some like perspectives it's probably unavoidable that if you kind of go into any type of dieting model you're going to quote unquote destroy your relationship with food you know it's not about hating your food but it is about you know being able to look at it and honestly understand that you know i need a certain number of carbs in a day in order to maintain my energy levels the biggest one is i need to eat so much protein in order to gain muscle. I feel full. Well, too bad. You know, Mm. it's very much that kind of too bad situation. Um, I have a father who's trying to lose weight right now. And like, he is doing that thing that old men do sometimes where he just goes, well, I'm not going to eat barely anything. Like dad, you got to eat your protein. Yeah. It's like you, at the very least. At the very least, you got to get your protein. <laughs> at the very bro. least, you got to eat Because you will, like, you will degenerate your yeah. muscles, especially in older age. Yeah. Uh, you know, your body's not going to work as hard as it can to keep those muscles there. Yeah. Um, and, and he's like, so. well, I don't want to. And it's like, well, too bad. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not a choice you get to make. Um, yeah. a, a lot of people, especially in old age, they, they kind of go, well, my metabolism just slows down. It's like, no, it doesn't really you've probably just stopped eating as much you've been a little bit less active so it's just kind of like peaked like it started deteriorating over the years and that's pretty normal but and you know as we get older especially in i feel like the american society status is linked to how little movement you have to do for your job you know yeah (laughs) um when when you're younger, the stereotype is you're an errand boy. You know, you're walk like if you lived in New York, you'd be walking everywhere to go get your um, superior Starbucks or lunch or whatever else. And then as you get older, you're more and more confined to your desk, taking calls all day. And yeah. the fact of the matter is that matters. You know, yeah. we talk about ten thousand steps as a general goal for people. You know why? Because it's movement. Yeah, and it's not you know super physically exerting but it is movement and it helps you with burning calories and helps you with staying leaner. And a lot of people think that the only time that they're burning significant numbers of calories is in the gym. And that's just simply not true. Yeah. And that's another big thing is like, um, especially in the gym community, that walking aspect is definitely downplayed. It's, it's taken way to an extreme sometimes in the general fitness, um, you know, in the general fitness zone. But, uh, when it comes to this idea of exercise and whatnot, getting in a healthy amount of steps is important. And you'd be surprised by how many steps 10,000 steps is if you're a sedentary worker. Mm-hmm. If you aren't a sedentary worker, you'd be surprised by how little that is. Yeah. So 10,000 steps is actually like just, it's an odd number of steps. It really is just because um, while it is a good number, 
when you work at a desk all day, you'd be surprised by how hard it is to squeeze in 10,000 steps. Um, you know, after your shift, especially when you're exhausted, you burned out mentally. Um, and in the case of getting that 10,000 steps as a physical laborer or so- something um, in that realm where you're always up and walking, uh, giving stuff out or, um, you know, taking things from point A to point B, moving stuff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that 10,000 steps gets demolished easily. Yeah. You know, you, you actually like, you can burn through that. You probably talking, you know, thousands of steps an hour and you're mm-hmm. working all day, you yeah. know? Um, and that's pretty, uh, that's pretty typical, but you'd be surprised by how many people out there um, do not get in 10,000 steps a day. I mean, there there are days where I do not get in 10,000 steps just because it's like, oh, I didn't go to the gym and I sat at my desk no. doing work all day. I didn't, you know, I might not have had to come to school. So I was at my desk at home all day, got up, got to my desk. Um, that was the day I didn't go to the gym. And so I just, my step total is somewhere in like the three to 4,000 range, you know, cause I, I walk around a little bit more than most people do, but you know, and going back to this whole idea that like metabolism slows down with age. Well, biologically there's no like significant evidence to show that that's the case. There is a correlation with age and like lower metabolism, but that, that we don't have any specific, um, modes in which our body is trying to slow us down that much. Yeah. Uh, metabolic function wise but if you were to think about you know we leave high school where most of us are probably doing sports involved with clubs we're walking around the classes within a building you know we have a state mandated pe time mm-hmm. yeah. you know and then we go to college where yeah you're not doing pe but it's oh most camp college campuses are walkable campuses yeah. right like i walk an easy four miles um to class every day you know i walk a mile to epic i walk a mile back to my apartment um and then i walk a mile back to epic for my afternoon classes and i walk a mile back to my apartment yeah. Ten thousand steps is about five miles and so i'm almost there just by having to walk back and forth to class um and then like some people when they leave college they'll move to a walkable city but that's not most people nope you know um especially like if you live in like the American South, I can't really think of a lot of places like that. You know, I nope. like we have Charlotte, but who wants to live in Charlotte? Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> like, especially like a lot of cities, um, especially in the developing part of the country and, and, and especially in the U S when you're talking about cities, um, I don't want to go down my urban planning rabbit hole, but, uh, just, <laughs> the walkability of new cities is not there. It's not exceptionally um, cost effective for large commercial, uh, large commercial real estate owners and um, things like this to build their areas in ways that are walkable because there's gotta be room for the Costco's and you, you know, you know what drives up sales more availability for customers to get to you. And when more, when most customers have cars and don't want to walk, you're not going to make your area walkable. That's just the way it is. So, um, I'm not saying go out and defy the system to, you know, get your steps in, but just get your steps in knowing that. Um, and I kind of want to wrap back around to the, you know, psychological question on demolishing or your relationship with food. Um, you know, you are going to demolish your relationship with food. But what I will say is that chances are you don't have a good one with it. You know, when you go through a breakup, 
you demolish a relationship that's there that yeah. wasn't healthy. You know, if it, if it was a bad relationship and you demolish it, that's fine. And you go and you look to reestablish another relationship in a better way. You need to reestablish a relationship with food. The reason being is that from my perspective, looking at this, um, you know, in kind of a little bit more of a historical perspective, how humans have reacted and engaged with food for the general entirety of our existence is that it is a fuel. It is a necessity. It is not a commodity It is not a luxury. It's a necessity. Mm -hmm. And when you treat it like it's, you know, a commodity, you know, uh, I get to have this, when you give it that level of status, you almost like idolize it a little too much. And then you end up utilizing it at its maximum capacity, especially in a, a situation like now where we have a surplus of food, mm -hmm. um, especially like you're listening to a podcast right now. I don't want to hear the no, no, I don't. You're, you're getting the luxury of utilizing the modern world in this way. And you live in America. So there's, you know, food is a little bit more available. I, I wouldn't even say that. it is exponentially more available and abundant than it ever has been before. Um, McDonald's has like a McDonald's cheeseburger. Like you can pull through McDonald's and order millions of calories in, in an individual transaction that costs less than a week's work. I mean, yeah. like, like at, at, at almost like minimum wage, you know, now should you do that? Good God, no, but, <laughs> but you could. And that's something that is unheard of throughout the rest of our existence. Yeah. And so having this idea that it's a luxury and a commodity good makes you just almost like utilize and abuse it. And when we're talking about like chemicals and stuff and neuroreceptors and all this, all this stuff, when you give your brain all this sugar and all these just shit calories, your body wants more of it. Trust me. Mm -hmm. It's the reason there's an obesity problem is the number one thing is that relationship with food almost being, it, it's an abusive relationship. Like yeah. it's an abusive relationship from the food to you. And calories in calories out can kind of help you understand where the restriction needs to come in or can help you re um, think how you are consuming your food. Because again, while it might not get all the itty gritty details, while it might not actually result in weight loss because you're grossly miscalculating like a specific thing, it'll get you in the ballpark and it'll make you start thinking about mm -hmm. what you're eating. And it's kind of one of those things where like, the moment someone starts counting their calories, there's this phenomenon of them eating less. Yeah. Why is that? Because they have to think about their food because they're yeah. not used to it. And all of a sudden they're realizing, shit, I eat a lot. Yeah. You know? Um, Which is a general thing. I yeah. mean, like, like most people are gaining weight. Most people yeah. are gaining weight because they don't think about it. And that's the reason there's an obesity mm -hmm. crisis yeah. is that you, you don't realize, oh my God, like I'm eating a lot until you're already fat, yeah. until you're already yeah. grossly overweight. And this is an unhealthy perspective on it because it's such a slow process. Even at overeating, you know, 2000 calories a day, you know, you know, you're gaining three pounds a week, which is almost not even eye noticeable until a couple months. And you know how hard it is to work that back off. You're like, fuck. Yeah, the amount of time you it know? took you to work it on is going to be about the amount of time that it's going to take you to work it off and then also you if you compound that with you know a lot of people just we don't have the understanding of what a calorie is you know yeah. it's like if you ask an american how far is 
I don't know, 10 kilometers, unless they ran cross country and know it's six miles <laughs> and know and know what a 5k is like, they have no fucking understanding of that. It's like, even in engineering class, it's like, what's a slug? Yeah. Most people don't know. It's, nope. it's a unit of density. It's a unit of density, right. but like, even like engineering professors are like, what the fuck slugs? Why are we measuring this in slugs? That is not relatable at all. We're going to convert it over to this thing that I know. Um, yeah. And so, like, that's a very, like, similar issue here. If, like, first off, a lot of people want to double count their calorie expenditure, right? Like, they like to think that, oh, I rode 400 calories, which means I can have this candy bar that's worth 400 calories. Well, that's not really how that works if you have already determined that this is what you're expending over the course of a day and you've included your workout. Yeah. Your, your your total expenditure is not increasing by 400 calories. Instead, that 400 calories has already been kind of put yeah. into that equation of calories out. Yeah. People sometimes make the mistake of double counting their calorie expenditure in that way. Yeah, especially when you look up like the how, how much is it going to take me to eat to maintain weight? And you yeah. put in that little, little spot that says how often do you work out? Yeah. Once you do that, that is – calculating Mm -hmm. you have calculated your out and it's telling you you're in giving your out yep you know and you sitting here going well i've added this on i've done an extra 400 calorie row no that's not how it works on top of that calories out uh, you know like (laughs) chances are if you're looking at the machine and then going and eating 400 you probably didn't or you probably didn't but yeah most machines are wrong yeah um some being well depending on your size so like yeah I know for they're usually around twenty five percent not accurate. Yeah, especially like machines in the yeah. gym. Yeah, and uh, like watches are even worse. Yeah. I know that the Apple Watch is about a twenty five percent, like what seventy five percent accuracy rate. Yeah, I know um, it's gotten better. Uh, yeah. the, like the one I have uh, when they did the science on it, which is a Series Three. I mean, I mean, I know it's dated now, but yeah. um, it was fifty nine percent accurate. <laughs> Um, well, no, 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 no. 75% accurate with 59% of the time understating. Okay. So okay. understand, and they do that to, you know, kind of be like, um, to err on the side of like, we'd rather Caution. understate than overstate. Understating is way better than overstating when you're mm-hmm. talking about calories out because yeah. that can lead to overeating if you overstate calories out, which I think, what is it? Most gym equipment overstates, most watches understate. I'm pretty sure that's the way the tech is. Um, for me, given my height and weight, I try to always put that in on the machine, and it gets close, mm-hmm. but most times it doesn't because I, I I sweat a lot more than the average person, yeah. and my body expends more energy doing that, so it tends to understate. Okay. So, yep. um, and then also like another big issue that I feel like most people have, especially on the calories inside, is just kind of dealing with sauces, oils, mm-hmm. um. Like those those types of issues, right? Because like the difference between a spice and a sauce is huge. Usually Mm -hmm. a sauce is diluted in oil and then all of a sudden you're dealing with oil again. And fat is the highest calorie yielding per gram of the macronutrients, right? We need it to, you know, cook our stuff without burning it. We need it to make our stuff taste a little better. But at the same time, it's so easy to hide in food. Yep. It is so easy. The cost is calories. That's I, what it is right there. In, yeah. that, in that flavor department, the cost is calories of fat. And if I throw in a little bit of extra virgin olive oil, the moment I put it in whatever I'm 
put it in, I'm never seeing it, you know? So if I don't remember that it's there or if I didn't measure it beforehand, like it's gone. It's yeah. in the ether at that point. And it's not going to be in the ether when it's in my stomach. Yeah. But my ability to count it has disappeared. Yeah. And I think sauces is the same yeah. thing. Like when you're talking about, you know, throwing ketchup on your burger, on your hot dog, on something like that, like you'd be astonished to learn that, you know, most sauces are about a hundred calories per tablespoon. Yep. I know like mayonnaise. I'm thinking about that in that serving size packet. Yeah. In a serving yeah. size packet, yeah. uh, most are about a hundred. Yeah. I, I think 100. ketchup is ketchup and tomato based barbecue sauce are definitely up there. Cause they, they call for a little bit of sugar mm -hmm. to be made, especially the way we make them now. Um, m mustard is different. So I, th I think mustard's like very low calorie, yeah. if not like zero calorie. Yeah. Um, like the okay here here's gonna be the general guiding thing if it's spicy it's probably low calorie yeah. that's how sauces tend to work hot sauce is like zero yep um so that's why a bunch of gym you know they dieting tabasco videos, sauce they they love the tabasco sauce they love the taco bell sauce that comes in the in the bottle from the store <laughs> that melts um, through your shirt <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> that one yeah. um as well as like uh stuff like that like but like mayonnaise M mayonnaise as a topping is like an the amount you're going to put on like your burger or sandwich or something tends to come out to like 150 extra calories of just mayonnaise mm -hmm. and you're thinking it's not a lot of mayonnaise yeah it's a it's a spread same yeah. with butter when you're spreading butter on toast most toast is like what in the 60 to sometimes 100 calories per slice yeah. I mean, that's, that's where it tends to be. When you throw that layer of butter on it, you just doubled, sometimes even tripled the calories yeah. in that piece of toast. You just turned a 60 to 100 calorie piece of toast into a 250 calories. Like, you got to consider it a snack at that point. That is enough <laughs> calories. Just, you know, be like some people, that's 10% of what they're supposed to eat in a day is a buttered mm. piece of toast calorie wise. And so that, that, I mean, that's just supposed to tell you something like, that's why most people say watch the fats. Yeah. I mean, it's not that fats are bad for you. It's that the fact they're so easy to hide in your yeah. food. And like spices mm -hmm. are so low calorie and oftentimes no calorie. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's just so, oh, the flavors there, in my opinion, aren't that much different from fats in terms of like how much they make your food taste good. You know, mm -hmm. you throw some lemon juice in there, you throw some basil, some thyme. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got a pretty tasty concoction. Mm -hmm. um, you do also have to be careful with the food industry being crafty, right? Because and hiding calories. It, well, like you know, when we the same thing we learned about in like what second grade. Yeah. Um, if it's less than four, it rounds down to zero, and if it's more than five, <laughs> it rounds up. Um, that's kind of the I can't believe it's not butter. That's that scheme of we're going to make the serving size so small that it's a zero calorie spread yeah when really it's not a zero calorie spread yeah the serving size is just small and i mean i think we've um, had the uh the talk on artificial sweeteners yeah. about those and the current science being uh shifted as we speak about whether or not things like well i mean aspartame is all the talk and oh my god i saw marketing the other day for some say it was some drink and it was like no aspartame inside okay. but it's still zero calories flip it over sucralose i was like okay. it's the same shit yeah like it is the same thing your body still reacts to it the same way as sugar we're not even 100 sure that it's actually zero calorie mm -hmm. um and the science is changing on that because we're like well 
if it's zero calorie, how are you gaining any weight? Yeah. If there's no extra weight, how are you gaining this energy? You know what I'm saying? It's not caffeine. It's a different thing. And so the science on that one's changing. So that's modifying our calories in, calories out, which is why, I mean, the like people will suggest that you swap over to diet sodas and, you know, zero, yeah. s- zero sugar sodas. Which is definitely um, better than... It's better than the normal like one the if you're trying to one. wean off it because yeah. it's definitely like it's definitely less calories. Yeah. I will say like that that science is there. It's definitely less, but zero, no. Yeah. The, that science. If you chug a two liter of a fucking diet coke every day on top of your normal calories and think it's zero, you're gonna gain weight. Yeah, it's like I think we've talked about this before, but it's like it, it, there's a continuum of healthy, not healthy, mm-hmm. and it's like while certain options are healthier for you. That doesn't mean they're healthy. Right. Right. So if you need that diet soda, in my opinion, here's the way you should analyze it. If you need the diet soda to help you get away from soda, then make that the stepping stone. You know, don't jump off the cliff of drinking soda all the time. Jump down to the diet soda Mm -hmm. or to the zero sugar soda and then jump down to no soda. If, If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. You know. One step is better than no step. And, you know, it's going to get you closer to the bottom when you're trying to get down. Um, and that, that's the way that you, like you're restructuring your idea of food, too, because another thing is, is, oh, my God, we eat so much sugar. Oh, my God, we eat so much sugar, bro. It's in everything. Yep. It is in everything. And I think we've had a little bit of a discussion on that one. But, I mean, that's almost its own video. We could probably just run through a list of items that you don't think have sugar in them that have a ton of sugar in them. And yeah. I think that'd be fun. Um, but, but yeah, there's that. So it's just the, the relationship is weird and all that stuff. And so you just got to be cognizant of all the other different things that are going on and involved in this. Um, so... You got anything else you want to add? I think we've, no. I think, I think this is probably the longest I could talk about calories in calories out. Yeah. Just because it seems very simple. I mean, there's a reason it's called calories in calories out. It's a very simple statement, yep. very simple point, but it's got a lot more nuance behind it that, I mean, you're going to go out and you're going to find more information on this. Um, and you're going to learn what that, what that equation means to you too, because, um, like for me, when I do calories in, calories out, I don't follow it, follow it radically, you know, like super crazy strictly because I know a little bit more about those macros, what's going on. I know I can eat a little bit more above my calorie in goal mm-hmm. if I've eaten mostly protein, Yeah, you know, because my thermic value is up. So, I mean, not a crazy amount, but, you know, my thermic value is up. So um, there are variables like that to consider. And uh, we've talked about them a little bit, but I know that we're going to talk about them more in depth in the future. Um, I just want to thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you next time. Deuces. Hi guys, this is Nathan. I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of former fitness podcast. If you like this and are looking for more content like it, there are plenty more podcasts from our studio, Uptown Audio at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte that you can go and listen to. Those will be linked in our link tree that'll be attached in the description of this podcast wherever you're receiving it. Thank you guys so much for listening. It does truly mean a lot to us and we hope you all have a great day.